and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Bibles, why don't you open up with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 3. If you go to that next slide, we're going to talk today, uh, finishing up our series on Magnificent, on the Trinity. And uh, this has been a good series. I hope that that you've enjoyed it. I hope that it has meant a lot to you. And uh, if you've missed a Sunday during this series, know that you can go back and uh, listen to the podcast Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. I want to talk to you today about the Trinity and transformation. And so here's what the word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 17 through 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, excuse me. I'd like to read that, that, um, that line again, second from the bottom. We are being transformed into the same image. You can go to that next slide if you would. Uh, now it's interesting. Two weeks ago, I preached on the Lord, uh, the Trinity and creation. God is the source of all life. He is the giver of life. And we find True life, meaning, and purpose in him and him alone. Remember that the Trinity is the basis for relationship and community. And then last week we talked about the Trinity and salvation. What a great message, amen? There were some people that were really touched by that and for the first time in their life had the assurance of salvation. What a joy it is to know that we can know that we know that we've been redeemed and set free, amen? But I'm thankful that it doesn't stop just at knowing that God is the giver of life and God's the one who redeems. I'm thankful that there's another aspect of understanding our life in Christ, and that is a transformed life. In other words, a changed life. It's one thing to know what we're saved from. We have no penalty, no condemnation anymore. But it's another thing to know what we're saved for. What are we saved for? And so we're talking today about the call to holiness. What does it mean to pursue a holy life? Here's a definition of of holiness and transformation that I want you to just remember. If you want to write this down, you can. Uh, but, But here's a definition, a working definition of what this is. Holiness, a transformed life, is simply becoming in practice what you already are in position. Okay? That's what a transformed life is. Becoming in practice while you already are in position. All right, Um, here in a couple of weeks, um, hopefully more than a couple of weeks, but here in a few weeks, I'm gonna welcome our son Luke into this world. I'm gonna hold him and he's already my son as a newborn. The first moment I hold him, he's my son, right? Because he's been born. He's been welcomed into the family. He's in the family. But I don't want him to stay a newborn forever. Those of you with newborns can say an amen to that. You want to see him grow, right? The same thing it is with our relationship with God. The moment we say yes to him and he saves us, 
we have a new position, but sooner or later we have to start taking on the family resemblance. And that's why God calls us to a transformed life, becoming in practice what we are in position. Last week we talked about grace, and Paul says in Romans, a rhetorical question, since we're saved by grace, are we allowed to just go on sinning? He says, by no means. Now that you are saved, you realize you're called to the highest purpose possible, to walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh. By the way, did you pick up on something as we read the Scripture? Verse 17, it says, now the Lord is the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. There's only one Lord. But it's fascinating that Paul says, now the Spirit is Lord. The Trinitarian verse here is telling us that God is just as much active at this very moment in transforming lives today it's just as he was in the past. He's still Yahweh. He's still, he's still the redeemer that he was in the Old Testament. He's still the savior. He's still active in the world today. So let's talk about this this morning. Is What does it take to live a transformed life? How do I go about being transformed? Because I'm going to give an obligatory statement. I want everybody to raise your hand. Please don't do this. Uh, you know, leave me hanging here. How many of you want to live a transformed life? There we go. You want to grow. I don't want to be the same Jonathan I was last week. I don't want to be the same Jonathan I was five, ten years ago. Lord, help us. I want to grow. I want to become better. I, I, want to, I want to love him more. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better coworker. I want to be a, a better pastor. I want to grow. But it doesn't happen from, from us just sitting back and being absolutely uninterested in it. There are some things that it takes Hear me this morning before we go into the rest of them. Salvation costs you nothing. Growth costs you everything. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> it, co- it took zero dollars for me to say, Lord, I want to be yours. Right? To, it, it just completely free. But the call to then serve him and follow him will take everything. That's why we say, I want to be a sacrifice for you. Amen? Well, let's get into these. Number one this morning, if you'd go to that next slide. Here's some things that it takes to live a transformed life. Number one is power. It takes power, strength. The Greek word dunamis. Dunamis means dynamite. It takes power. You cannot change in your own power. You can't. If you could have done that, then you wouldn't have needed a savior. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was funny, preacher joke, but you can't do it in your own strength. Think of the disciples, by the way. The disciples spent three years with the incarnate God. And after all is said and done, and he looks at them and says, hey, I want you, I want you guys to go wait for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will fill you with power. You will receive power. And that's more than just the spiritual gifts, although I am, I'm fully believing in the spiritual gifts. It's power for a transformed life. <clears throat> I was at a stoplight not too long ago, and 
stoplight and the, the truck in front of me was one of those trucks that just, there was badges and stuff everywhere to let you know that this is a really powerful motor, right? I'm not dogging it if you have that, but it's like, I want everybody to know this truck can get up and go, right? It's got power. There's power there, right? So of course the light turns green and you always do that weird thing where you're like, how long do I wait to lay on the horn? It's like, I don't want to be a jerk, but at the same time, like, did you go to the driver's ed? <laughs> Come on, All right? And so we're sitting there and finally the tr- you see the brake lights let go and nothing. And it just brrr, starts creeping forward. And this isn't snow, it's nice weather, no rain. And it's just going, I'm like, I'm about to zip around this person or I'm gonna get stuck at a red light. So finally it's going and it's going like five miles an hour. And so I'm like, all right, enough of this. I turn around in my pickup that doesn't have the most power and I just go past him. I don't do anything to the guy, but you know, just like, I do kind of like look over and it's just guy just cruising, just cruising. And you know what? Here's a statement that I thought in my mind, all that power and he's not using it, right? Do you know what you have with a new life in Christ? You've got unbelievable resources of power. Are we using it? A reliance upon the Holy Spirit daily and saying, God, I need your strength. I need your strength. You say, that kind of makes me sound like a little bit humbled and like weak. Yes, that's the point. Stop doing it in your own strength. You need power. Secondly, here's the second thing you need. You need passion. You need passion. Regardless of your personality, regardless of your age or your background, all of us are called to hunger and thirst with a high expectation to get fed up with sin, to get fed up with who we once were and say, I'm gonna change. Here's the, here's the reality. If you don't expect to change, guess what? You're not going to. It's hard. It's challenging. But the second thing that we have to have is passion. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Become hungry and zealous for holiness. Just in your prayer life, you don't, you don't know what to do. Just say, God, show me what I'm supposed to be hungry for. Here's what I need to be hungry for. You say, what, how do I know if I'm doing this right? How do I know if I'm passionate about this? How do I know that I'm in the ball game here? Well, one of the fruits of that is this, self-denial. Self-denial, saying, God, I, I would rather me and my motives and my ambitions, I'd rather lay that down and live for what you want me to, to live for. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus said, you who would find your life must lose it but he who loses his life will find it in me. Jesus is not opposed to us having an abundant life. In fact, he said, I came so that you can have life and life to the full. But it takes a passion for dying to the old and be made new in him. When was the last time that you got really, really passionate about life change in him? He said, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm ready to be transformed and to grow. Number three, persistence. It takes persistence. A transformed life is a daily choice. It's a daily choice of having a determined mindset that I am going to grow. Again, the scripture we read, it says, make every effort. We make every effort to grow. Determined. I'm not going to give up. 
I'm going to stick it out. Persistence. By the way, think about some people in your life that are flaky. They just, they're flaky. They may be passionate for a moment, but they burn out. And think for a moment about those people who are consistent, faithful, persistent. They always show up. There's something to be said about in our relationship with God is that I keep moving forward. I keep going. Persistence is key with a transformed life. Some people say, well, I, I prayed for a week and nothing changed. It takes time. It takes time. You want proof of that? Look at the disciples. They walked with the man for three years and still struggled. But they stayed persistent. Got to be persistent. Number four is this, patience. Patience. I love the verse that we read in, in, in verse 18. It says, we are being transformed to the same image. But this is what it says. We're being transformed one degree to another. What, you want another translation of that? One step at a time, we're growing. It, right? In, in our relationship with God and our growth, growth takes time, y'all. Growth takes time. We're talking about a church. We're talking about our relationship with God. We're talking about our relationships. It takes time. We don't like that, do we? Right? I want growth now. It's like the old prayer. God, give me patience and give it to me now. <laughs> Something contained in that statement, right? We need to be patient. And here's what I mean by that. Patience is not inactivity. Patience does not equal laziness. Patience means seeing things in the long run. I know that there are Christians out there that believe that you get to a point where you stop growing and you stop sinning and everything, you're just, you're perfect. I don't believe that. I think the Bible's very clear about that. Friends, till the day I breathe my last breath, I am called to keep growing. I'm called to keep growing. And, and if I have that, I need to be patient. Growth takes time. Every once in a while, I cook something in the microwave because it's convenient and it's not bad. It nourishes me. But I've noticed that the things that really, really make me happy, it's more like a barbecue. It's just slow and slow and takes time, right? Here's, here's just a, a parenthetical statement that it's cheesy. It's okay. It's not in the Bible, but it's the, the principle is true. Our relationship with God is much more like a slow-cooked barbecue meal than zapping something in the microwave, there are moments that he radically changes us quickly, and I'm thankful for that. But most of our growth takes time. Amen. Number five, you still with me? Here's number five. What does it take? It takes practice. It takes practice. It takes practice. When, when I said yes to the Lord, I didn't start reading my Bible three hours a day. <laughs> I didn't do all night prayer nights at, at six years old. It takes, it takes practice. It takes slowly building habits of holiness and spiritual disciplines. Discipline, by definition, means repetition, doing the same thing over and over and over again. By the way, let me say something. These past two years, being in church, being part of a community, staying in your word, staying in prayer, you realize the sort of spiritual disciplines you've been building? You're not even aware of the muscles you've been working on. It's huge. It's huge. Your relationship with God, a transformed life, won't come from, from just a once-a-year revival moment. I'm 
thankful for those times, but it's just the regular showing up and just building those habits. Here's the hard part of this message as we're concluding our sermon on the Trinity and, and transformation. Here's the hard part. Old habits die hard. They do. That's why we call them habits. But here's the good news. If we're receiving power from him, if we're passionate, if we're persistent, and if we're patient, if we build the right practices, growth will come. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Build those practices into your life now. Five minutes of prayer, five minutes of Bible study, compounded over five years, it's much better than once a year just deciding I'm going to read the Bible all night. Right? Right? Number six, last one. Here's what it takes to live a transformed life. Partners. Partners. People. You cannot do it alone. Not only can you not do it in your own strength, you need a guide, you need the Holy Spirit, the Lord to guide you. But here's the reality. We need each other and it's right there in the scripture. It says, and we all with unveiled face, we all are being transformed. He's not talking to an individual here. He's talking to a church and he says, all of us are being transformed into the image of Christ, to the same image. You need people to lift you up. You need people that you can be accountable to. You need to make yourself available for others to be accountable to you as well. So we all are being transformed into the image of Christ. Let me ask you, just look up at the slide this morning, musicians, if you'd come. I believe all of us have one of these areas that we need to work on. All of us right now can look up at this slide and think, where am I not following through in these? Maybe you say, I really want to grow in Christ. I want to take my relationship with God to the next level. But I'm just kind of trying to do it my way instead of relying on the Holy Spirit. Seek the Spirit. Seek the gifts of the Spirit. Seek, seek His strength. Remember, what, who, do, who is the Spirit? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. He'll give you strength. He's got plenty of it to go around. Amen? Don't live your life where others look at you and say, all that power, they're not using it. <laughs> Use it. Use it for the glory of God. Maybe some of us just need the passion once more. Remember what it was like to be young and be excited for the things of God and you've lost that hunger. You've lost that thirst. Remember what Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled to guarantee. Maybe persistence has been a struggle for you. It has been for me. It's been a struggle for me. Being persistent. Life comes at us hard. Old habits die hard. And it takes courage to wake up each and every day and say, God, once again, I'm dying to my flesh and living to you. It's hard. But if you're persistent in it and you keep showing up and you keep crying out to him, if you do that, that daily choice, that determination, he won't let you down. There's a reason why we call it growth. It's hard. It takes a lot out of you. But it is the way to grow in him. Maybe it's patience. Maybe you've just gotten fed up and you've just kind of given up and just resigned yourself to always dealing with 
that thing, whatever. You need to look at life in the long run and realize that God is working on you even when you don't feel it. He's working. Amen? And if you have patience, oh my, the things that God can do in us. What practices do you need to start now so that you can live a transformed life? Start those practices this week. And lastly, maybe you've been trying to do it all alone and you realize, I need help. I need help. I need a brother or a sister in Christ. Here's the good news. If you're there today, I've got a room full of people that you can rely on and grow with, right? You've got a room full of people that are growing just like us. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.